I don't believe in no one's scenarios. Data, 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 I cannot make bricks without clay. I don't know where you get your delusions, laser brain. <laughs> Hello and welcome to a special Cheeky Scientist radio show. We're talking about interview questions that PhDs are hearing right now going into the end of the year. Uh, these questions have changed quite dramatically uh, since six months ago, certainly since the pandemic has happened. Uh, we started seeing a, a lot of new interview questions and a few months ago uh, in the, the middle of the, the first wave of the pandemic, we did a radio show on these questions. So what I decided to do is to go back to a lot of our industry partners, PhDs who have come into our association, have gotten jobs at companies like Intel and Amazon and Pfizer and Dow Chemical and even uh, Hilton Hotels, Home Depot and beyond, and ask them what kind of questions are they asking PhDs that are applying to their jobs now? Or ask the, our hiring managers as well, the hiring managers, recruiters that we've interviewed in the past, uh, what, what questions are you asking now that you weren't asking before? What's more important now? And they came back with a lot. We had over two dozen. We've narrowed, narrowed it down to the nine uh, that were the most relevant and the most repeated, though often repeated in, in different words. And there was a great article that came out this past week as well from Inc. Uh, that has uh, six additional questions that I'm going to tell you about too. The first question that we heard was what other jobs have you applied to? Now, this is a question that is commonly asked, but usually in a, uh, I guess, a softer way, in a more uh, casual way. It might say, you know, are you interested in other positions or are you currently interviewing anywhere else? What was interesting to me here is that, that companies are asking more about the types of jobs you're applying to uh, other than the current position. So, they're showing interest not just in the, the job titles or positions, not just the companies, but the style of work. And the reason that this is is because employers want to know that you're open to either working remotely or on site or in any fashion uh, that might come up in the future. And you're going to see this theme throughout all nine of these questions. And that's what I want you to understand is employers want to know that no matter how the working environment changes, no matter what new regulations occur, no matter if you need to work remotely, half remote, on site, whatever might come up. If you need to work in a van uh, traveling state to state, whatever it might be that you are willing to do that. Now, that might seem like an absurd example, uh, but really they, they're just looking to make sure that you can pivot as needed. There has been a lot of change. Uh, a lot of companies are uh, moving from provinces to provinces, country to country, state to state, things are uh, shifting dramatically in terms of uh, companies looking at their supply chain and uh, coming up with uh, solutions for uh, breaks in their supply chain given the pandemic. So when they ask you what other jobs have you applied to, previously it was more about the job titles, you know, to make sure that you wanted the actual job title you're currently applying to, or the companies, the competitors, or just seeing if you're interviewing, seeing how you handle the question. Uh, that, that's all true now, but they're really looking for uh, the types of jobs and whether you're, you're willing to work, work remotely, in-house, or in any other fashion they need you to. Are you willing to uh, do all of your work through a uh, conference calls, through Zoom meetings, etc.? 
The second question, what's your morning routine? Now, that might sound odd. You probably have read articles online or heard this phrase, morning routine. Why would they ask you this question? Because they want to know how you manage your productivity. If you are going to have to work remotely or six feet apart from people in an office space, there's going to be less congregating, certainly through the rest of this year. How do you stay on task? How do you stay focused? And that is actually the third question. How do you stay on task? Both of these questions uh, came up over and over again. I wanted to include both of them. So if somebody asks you for your morning routine or they ask you more specifically about how you manage your productivity, make sure you're showing that you have some sort of schedule uh, that you follow, something that you do, something that triggers your behavior. Think of habits in general. A habit has three parts. There's been a lot of studies and books on this recently. It has a trigger, then there's the routine, and then there's a reward at the end. Uh, you can stack habits, of course, right? So that reward could be the trigger for uh, the next thing in line. Uh, how do you form a longer routine? How do you manage your day? What do you do in the morning to make sure that if you're working from home, you're going to be able to uh, do the work you need to do without being watched. And how do you stay on task once you've started? How do you not get distracted? How do you not get out of your chair to go up to the, the refrigerator to see what's in the fridge or to uh, you know, look out the window or to surf the web, etc.? The fourth question, tell me about a time you've been lonely on the job. I was very surprised to hear that this word lonely was coming up more and more because it seems kind of like a personal question. When we hear the word lonely, we think about... Uh, our personal lives. We think it, it's just our, our, our personal relationships that we can feel a sense of loneliness from. But in today's world with more remote work, feeling lonely is common. Sure, a lot of us are introverted, I think, as PhDs, or certainly we can handle working alone autonomously. But there are those times when you need some sort of interaction, some, some stimulus. This is why we usually have departmental seminars and so forth. That's why we have lab meetings, journal clubs. But working remotely. They want to know, how are you going to make sure you're feeding that part of yourself for connection, for, for joint learning? Uh, sure, you might need to get on a conference call or again, a Zoom or a joint webinar, uh, whatever the company's platform is to interact with others. But are, do you have a, a social life outside of that? Is there some work-life balance uh, that you could discuss to show them that you aren't going to get burnt out or lonely and, and because of that, your productivity falls off you don't handle stress as well, uh, you, you burn out or you have a breakdown. Number five, tell me about a time you felt misunderstood on the job. Th this line of questioning, this specific question, is essentially asking the same thing. We are more isolated than before. It makes it easier to feel misunderstood. It makes communication that much more important. So if you felt misunderstood, what they're asking is how did you reconcile that misunderstanding? How did you communicate with your superiors, with people working cross-functionally with you to become understood? Uh, they don't want to hear that you just let it go, right? They don't want to hear, hear that you just got over it. They want to, they want a, a answer that talks about some sort of reconciliation through communication. Number six, how did you track your work previously? Now, if you're not paying close attention, this sounds like the previous question, how do you stay on task? Here they're asking for record keeping and documentation. Now this is a chance for you as a PhD to really shine, thrive, whether you kept track of uh, data you collected in a lab in a lab notebook or online, an online notebook or uh, online lesson plan, how you kept track of uh, maybe papers you graded, whatever 
your background is, you collected information or data in some way and you tracked it, make sure you're able to explain this. Why is this important? Because working remotely or in a more isolated way, even if you're in an office and it's, it's a bit more isolated, maybe they're not allowing uh, the general larger meetings or maybe people have to be, uh, again, spaced out more, et cetera. All of these little things uh, have an effect. There's a lot of work being done in the area of change management now to, to, to talk about how even just staying six part away, uh, having desks uh, a little bit further away, uh, having uh, people in an office have to stay further apart is affecting work. It is a change. It matters. And so you want to recognize that and talk about uh, not just your answers to the previous questions, but also how are you recording your work to know if these changes are having a negative impact on performance, on productivity, on other business data, uh, profits, and beyond. Uh, number seven, what's more important, people or data? That's verbatim one of the questions uh, that we heard from the people that we, we talked to, and we heard a lot of similar questions. Uh, this one was the most blunt one, and I thought it was great for PhDs, right? What's more important, people or data? Data! <laughs> That's what we all think, right? Data objectively is very, very important. Uh, but to get big things done, if you're working with a, you know, for a company, there's a team in place for a reason. And if you have a weak, weak link on that team, for whatever reason, that person's having a, a bad day, uh, they're tracking the wrong data and they don't realize it. Uh, the, that's a person. And people make irrational decisions, often without knowing it. If we just followed the data and every decision was rational, uh, this would be easy, but it's not. People can be irrational, right? Bi biology can be ruthless. Uh, you can be tired or hungry, and it's going to affect your productivity as an example. Uh, people are going to have a bad day. They're going to go through difficult challenges. You might have somebody at the office who's older who's going through a, a divorce. You might have somebody at the office who's moving. This will affect that person and will affect their team and the larger organization. So you have to think about Teams, organizations, that's what they want to hear. Yes, tracking the KPIs are important, but checking with people, communicating matters. And that comes back to what's more important working remotely, making sure you're checking in with people. Okay, number eight, if I told you to stop working on a project six weeks after you started working on it and to immediately start working on a new project, how would you handle it? Great question, right? I think this is, this is something I heard a lot of in graduate school. I, I heard that if you go to industry, they can just stop your project immediately. They can just come in one day and say, we're done working on this. It's over. Go work on another project. And it was leveraged by lifetime academics around me to instill fear in me so that I wouldn't want to go to industry. Like, oh, they could just take something away, right? It was, they were trying to tap into my sense of loss and make me feel like I had no control in industry. And of course, that's not true. It's no different than a grant running out uh, in academia. It's no different than your PI telling you, oh, we're not working on this anymore, <laughs> uh, which happens quite a bit. So what they want to see here is that you will, number one, trust the person who's talking to you, especially if they're a superior. You'll say you'll understand, um, but that it's okay to also ask questions. You're not going to interrogate them. You're not going to get defensive and do not get defensive when answering this question. Try to show no signs of that. But say, you know, of course, because I pour myself into my work, I would feel a sense of disappointment. I think it would be 
uh, a bad sign if I didn't feel a sense of disappointment uh, because I, you, you get attached to the work that you do. You put yourself into it. Um, but I would understand that there was likely a very good reason. Uh, the, the data or the project wasn't going anywhere. Uh, the market didn't need it anymore. Maybe the company got scooped, so to speak, and somebody else put a, pro uh, a product out before that company could. And uh, at the end of it, I would throw myself into the new project and hopefully be able to have a, a conversation uh, when time allowed to better understand why that project ended. Okay, so it's, of course, it's okay to ask questions, et cetera. But again, don't, do, don't say, well, I immediately want to know why it was ending. I'd want to have a, a discussion and make sure that my point was heard. I, I'd want to go talk to whoever the CEO is and, and tell them about everything that I put into the, to this project. So what you're trying to balance here is one, that you pour yourself into projects, but two, you realize that you and your project are still separate. You can detach yourself from the project, which is important because we can uh, experience a sense of uh, a confirmation bias uh, as PhDs working on a project and just not let it go. It's not going anywhere. It's not going to help us get a new grant. It's not solving anything, but we just got to keep going. Don't do this. That's what they're looking for. You have to face reality that sometimes a project's not going to work out for a variety of reasons and that you realize there'll be a time to have your questions answered, but you're not going to stall the transition to working on the new project uh, until you have those questions answered. Lastly, number nine, if we stayed remote forever, would you be okay with that? We're hearing this a lot. There's a lot of uncertainty right now. If a company never goes back to having an office. If they have an office, but they allow people to work from home, whatever changes need to happen, are you going to be okay with that? Do you love the work enough? Do you want to be in this position so much? Do you really like this team, this company so much that however they need to adapt, you will adapt with them? That's what they're asking you. And of course, as PhDs, we think, wow, I can't answer that question. There's too many variables, et cetera. Look, new data could come up. It might not be right for you in the future, but as far as right now, if they said, okay, we're, we need you to come to the office, you know, as long as we follow protocols, et cetera, for safety, are you going to be okay with that? That's what they're looking for. So they're looking for that certainty. Give them that certainty, and I really wouldn't apply to a job right now uh, otherwise if, if you're not certain that you can be adaptable and flexible. Okay, so hopefully those nine questions help, help you understand what's on the mind of employers. Uh, there is a great article that has six additional questions. You'll see some similarities uh, to these interview questions on Inc. Um, written by Jeff Hayden. I really, I really like these questions. Uh, the first one, how do you structure your work schedule? How do you stay focused? We covered this, uh, but it can be helpful to hear different versions of the question. Number two, how do you keep your team engaged and connected? Similar question, but here they're looking for you to answer in terms of your leadership. So not just how you keep yourself on task, how you manage yourself, but how you would manage others. And if you're a PhD applying to an industry job, you should be able to ask that question, answer that question, and you should be applying to positions that would put you in a leadership position, not one where you're working side by side with somebody with their bachelor's or master's or worse beneath them. Think of yourself as a manager. Number three, give me an example of a time you had to work collaboratively to deliver on a deadline as part of a distributed project team. Very similar uh, line of questioning. We had a, a lot of examples uh, very similar to this in that previous radio show that we did on interview questions. And again, they're asking how you get things done collaboratively 
They could say cross-functionally, and they're very interested in deadlines, especially for, for those of you um, who are getting into your first industry job. They want to know that, okay, you've been in academia where there's not really deadlines. If they have one, they move very easily. In industry, the deadlines are much firmer because it, they're tied to multiple people. They could be tied to thousands of people uh, if the company's large enough. Next question, what are the five things you always have in your workspace and why? Another great question that's focused on what? Finding out how you keep yourself productive. I love this question because it's very unique and it will get the uh, job candidate talking um, and likely revealing more truths than they might reveal otherwise because it's going to be hard to you know, make up whatever those five things are. What are the five things you have in your workspace? Why do you have them there? It'll say a lot about you. So think about it. Think about how you are organizing your workspace. Think about how you would organize a remote workspace or your workspace at an office. Tell me about a time you were tasked with solving a complex problem with little direction from your supervisor. How did you go about solving the problem? Are you seeing the pattern here? They want to know that you can work autonomously and also with a team. Most questions uh, currently for interviews are going to touch on this topic. Number six, when you bring work home with you, it is more difficult to define a stop. Is it more difficult to define a stopping point? How do you plan to establish work-life balance? So again, whether they're the questions that we collected for you, questions from this article, you are seeing the themes. You're seeing the shift. You're seeing what employers are focused on finding out after the pandemic. Here, they want to know about deadlines how you get projects done, how, how you stop, right? Because when you're working from home, as PhDs especially, you can always be on. With the tools that people use now, whether it's uh, Slack or different project management tools, some companies have their own custom tools, you can always be on. Do you have a defined stopping point? How will you establish that? And a lot of it will depend on what kind of role you're in. Do you have a plan for work-life balance? Are you able to communicate when you need some balance or will you just wait and wait and wait until you explode so hopefully this helps you today with these questions i really want all of you who are looking for a job now if it's your first industry job i want you to not slow down in your job search i still think that now is the best time to get hired and i think in a couple of months uh, things are going to get a little bit more challenging now it can de it depends on which hemisphere you're in I think we're seeing a lot of things in, in parts of Asia and Australia right now that have become more challenging, and I think that's going to shift once the Northern Hemisphere starts experiencing uh, the fall and winter months. Uh, so I want all of you to prepare and lean into your job search. You can get hired right now. You can get into the right job, and you shouldn't let anything hold you back. As PhDs, we know how to adapt to change. Didn't get the grant? Oh, well, we need to collect more data, apply for another grant. Right? You know how to keep records, how to document, how to go back to see what you did incorrectly or what didn't work, and then what did work and what, what data was correct or, or positive or could be used to take that next step. So look back throughout your professional career so far. What helped you get to where you're at, good or bad? What new skills do you need to leverage? What new ways of communicating your current skills do you need to figure out? You can get hired in today's job market, absolutely. The, the people that are the most protected in the current economy 
are people like you who have these advanced technical skills and really the, the transferable skills that give rise to these technical skills, your ability to learn exceptionally quickly, to process information quickly, your work ethic, your ability to work autonomously, that your proven ability, right? You can show that you have been able to work, the fact that you have a PhD shows that you're able to work autonomously and get things done with people collaboratively who are in different labs uh, on the other side of the world. Uh, you know how to... Uh, use software tools. You know how to teach yourself new software tools. I mean, how many different uh, instruments in the lab or uh, software programs in a, a teaching environment did you have to learn and teach yourself? Most people can't do this on their own without being forced to take a class with many other people. You can. You are a self-starter. You have the biggest advantage in today's job market. You have to see it that way. Sure, you might be invisible right now to employers, uh, but we can help you fix that. You just have to adapt your resume, your LinkedIn profile, figure out the right job search strategy. Uh, the high-paying jobs are still there. The jobs that allow you to do meaningful work, uh, PhD-level work, and we want to see you get in them. Hopefully, these questions help you. Hopefully, they help you recalibrate the current economy and what employers are looking for currently. If you want to learn more about transitioning into industry, you can go to phdsgethired.com or just Google the Cheeky Scientist Association. Learn about our flagship program. It is the largest platform that helps PhDs get hired into industry. The largest PhD-only platform for getting hired in industry with the best job referral network. You can reach out to me on LinkedIn anytime. Uh, connect with our, our team at CheekyScientist.com. We have a lot of free resources there. As always, remember your value as a PhD and start thinking and acting like a successful industry professional. I'm Isaiah Henkel, the founder of Cheeky Scientist and the creator of the Cheeky Scientist Association. I wanted to quickly tell you that memberships into the association are available to PhDs listening to Cheeky Scientist Radio by using the coupon code CheekyRadio at www.phdsgethired.com. That's phdsgethired.com, PhDs. G-E-T-H-I-R-E-D.com. Simply type phdsgethired.com into your website browser, scroll down to the orange membership button and click on it, then enter the coupon code CheekyRadio to get 20% off a lifetime membership now. That's CheekyRadio, C-H-E-E-K-Y-R-A-D-I-O. Remember your value as a PhD and start thinking and acting like a successful industry professional. Are you worried about the rapidly shrinking job market? Like me, have you been seeing more and more articles on universities shutting down their research labs, furloughing employees, cutting postdocs and TAs, and even withdrawing PhD student funding? If so, it might be wise to start taking steps to protect your PhD career. You've worked very hard and very intelligently for years to establish yourself, but likely you have not reached your full career potential yet. Perhaps you're not even getting respect and you're not getting the rewards that you deserve. The good news is you can get into an industry career where you can get paid well for doing meaningful work. All you need is the right knowledge and the right network. The Cheeky Scientist Association gives you lifetime access to the world's number one PhD-only job search training platform with multiple courses and the PhD-only job referral network 
of over 10,000 plus industry PhDs. Now is your chance to become a lifetime member for 20% off of the association. Just use the coupon code CheekyRadio at www.phdsgethired.com. That's phdsgethired.com. P-H-D-S-G-E-T-H-I-R-E-D.com. Simply type phdsgethired.com into your website browser, scroll to the orange membership button and click on it, then enter the coupon code CheekyRadio to get 20% off a lifetime membership now. No recurring monthly fees, no recurring annual fees. Nobody else offers this. PhDsGetHired.com. Use the coupon code CheekyRadio. Remember your value as a PhD. And remember that knowledge is power and your network is your net worth. Oh, 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 oh.